Hello and welcome to the 11th episode of the Top 250 Podcast. I'm Sam Kane, and today our movie is Fight Club. My guest today is Mike Apostolo. Well, so we all know the the first and second rule of Fight Club is to not talk about Fight Club. So, Mike, <laughs> I want to want to thank you for coming on today and uh okay i guess so and uh you know stay tuned for the next episode number 12 of the top 250 podcast uh it will be forrest gump and uh we'll talk to you then okay that's your one i guess (laughs) does it Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're doing this as if you guys have seen the movie already. Oh yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I assume spoiler alert. <laughs> so yeah, just a just a little spoiler alert. But uh Tyler Durden isn't real. He's uh Edward Norton's imagination. Our unnamed Protagonist. Yo, I don't mean it. I don't. I don't mean to mess this up, dude. I, I just choked on some water. Oh, you good? <laughs> My fault, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't worry. About it. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Yo. Yo, you all right? Yeah, dude, it was bad. Like, I don't know what happened. <clears throat> I was just, like, going to take a swig of water, and I I inhaled it, dude. I don't know what happened. Oh, it was went like, down the wrong pipe. I just couldn't. I was, like, going to hold it back, and then I just started coughing a lot, and I was like, oh. oh. <clears throat> totally did not mean to do that. At least it was in the beginning. <laughs> that, that happened to my dad in, um... <laughs> In the movie theater one time, um, it it was just so awkward because it was a, a pretty packed theater, and like as soon as my oh. dad did it, I was like, "Fuck!" Because I I knew he he was gonna have to cough a bunch of times, and he was just yeah. trying so hard not to. But. So, anyways, Fight Club came out in nineteen ninety nine, stars Brad Pitt, Edward Norton. I I thought it was kind of interesting that. I'd say Edward Norton's more the main character in this movie, but Brad Pitt was credited before him. But right, and with the title or the cover, it yeah. has him on there, mm-hmm. so everyone just kind of probably sees his face to it. Yeah, I mean that's because Brad Pitt's the the bigger star. Um, Definitely. You know, sometimes uh, it, the main character isn't the one credited first. Yeah, I read that they didn't quite know how to advertise this movie, um, and they ended up uh, really advertising like the fighting aspect of it, um, like the whole Fight Club angle. I mean, that is the title of the movie, but they the trailers make it seem like this the movie is mostly about fighting in a basement. I mean, that it happens. There's there's a bunch yeah. of fights in the. That's movie. how it started, but spoiler alert: Project Mayhem. 
just cause mayhem, fight club, go against the norm society. You know, you had uh, Edward Norton. He's in his cubicle job in his condo, just living the normal, you know, life and having Brad Pitt as that persona. Um, one one quote I really like from uh, Tyler Durden was, all right, he's saying this at Norton, go back to your condo world, watching sitcoms. Um, like that, that, that's stuff we can all relate to. I mean, sometimes it seems like, uh, you know, every day is just the same old thing. It's like the same old episode. You kind of get into like a routine, whatever. Yeah. And you see advertisements for all these things that are owned by only a few corporations. Um, and then he meets um, the girl. Fuck, what's her name? Uh, Marla. Marla. He meets Marla. Mm -hmm. And uh, some, I mean, again, spoilers. Uh, some may say that the reason why Edward Norton... Um, our unnamed man, we'll just call him Edward Norton, uh, right. created this alter ego is because he felt unworthy of someone as rebellious as Marla, as cool and rebellious. So it seems like uh, Marla mainly knew the Tyler Durden side of this this character. Yeah, um, Yeah, the Brad Pitt, Tyler Durden. Yeah. So maybe that's how this guy came to be. And then he, uh, Edward Norton, just just really, I mean, th th he's obviously very psychologically damaged. Um, the fact that he's hallucinating uh, this whole other side of him, I mean, is basically. Yeah, basically like his childhood, or I don't know, something. Like you, I remember him and Tyler Dirt and Brad Pitt was talking and he was basically talking about how his dad left him and, you know, feels worthless. And and then with insomnia, if you're not sleeping, you're definitely going to hallucinate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't know if you'd noticed uh, these. I'm sure you'd noticed at least a couple. But uh, Tyler Durden getting spliced into, like, a frame. Yeah. yeah. Actually, during the meetings, it first happened, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. And it was... Just a quick, and you're like, what? But uh, I guess that's him starting to come into existence. Yeah, that's uh, I also kind of a hint that, like, okay, this person isn't real. Audience. <laughs> yeah, and it was kind of funny that it was spliced because that was Tyler Durden's job, or one of them. He's a projectionist. Was to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he went into reels and then spliced up... Uh, a dick from like a porn scene <laughs> just stuck it in there for everyone in the theater to see for just a split second i i think they might have spliced a dick right before the ending they oh i missed that like, yeah that was great he did that and then he like peed in soup oh he was yeah as a waiter yeah when he worked as a waiter yeah apparently uh tyler durden was supposed to be only 25 years old um but uh I mean, Brad Pitt was in his, he was approaching his late 30s when this movie was filmed, so I thought that was a little uh, far-fetched that he was 25, like maybe 30, but. Well, the, well, Edward Norton said he was 
30 in the movie, I believe, when he was talking to him because he was saying something about he's he was at, he was talking to, uh, about how his dad, he always asked his dad what he should do next. He's like, what should I do? I'll get a job. And then he got a job and then he's like, oh, what should I do now? And he's like 25. Oh, you need to get married. And then he's like, I don't want to get married. Um, I'm still a boy, a 30-year-old body. So he was talking to, so he was saying to Brad Pitt. So that seems to be right around the same age as you were talking about. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I first saw this about 10 years ago when we were in college. Um, and it didn't have much of an impact on me. Um, I didn't really watch it again after that. Yeah, I, I saw it around the same time. Um, and when I first saw it, actually, I, I think a, a buddy of mine um, loaned me a DVD. It was like a split DVD. It had Fight Club on one disc, and then it had Boondock Saints on the other. Oh, that's, that's um, badass. Huh? Yeah, it was, it was. But I remember watching a little bit, and then... I actually completed the whole thing in college, but it was more just like I didn't really pay attention to anything that I was trying to like give a meaning about and like kind of understand the movie. I just watched it for like the action, like a lot of fighting, a lot of mayhem, a lot of explosions, a lot of cool stuff. That's what I was pretty much excited to watch it for. And then watching it later on, I realized like they were just trying to they basically kind of describe someone's broken life and how his view on reality is shared by so many other people. Cause that's how he got everybody into fight club. Everybody's like, Oh, I want to do something like crazy, something different. Let me lead a little bit, get a black eye and then go back to my normal life. But it was like an escape almost for everybody. That was part of it. Yeah. Um, so, th- I guess this was intended to be a satire, um, which mm. I don't think is quite clear um, right off the bat. Um, I I think of another movie that came out around this time that also has Jared Leto in it. I don't know if you knew Jared Leto was in this movie. He was the guy with the blonde hair, the dyed blonde hair. That gets his it, face beaten. Yeah, he gets his ass kicked. Oh. That was that was fucked. Um, but uh, American Psycho came out around this time, and I I felt like mm-hmm. I felt like that movie did a better job of of making it clear, like, all right, this is this is a satire. Like the the things that Patrick Bateman is saying in the movie is completely ridiculous, and mm. it makes it funny, whatever. But here. You, it's not quite as obvious, but um, this this was the intention was for this to be you know so over the top, um, especially Brad's Brad Pitt's character Tyler Durden, like the stuff that he's saying is like like there there's some truth to it, but it's also it's really dangerous to think this way. Like yeah, yeah, he took it to the extreme. Yeah. Um, With every, you know, everything, he always had an explanation for everything he was doing, and every time, 
you know, he did something, he would basically say like, oh, don't be, you know, don't be with society. Don't do that. And call self-destruction, not self-improvement. That's what they want you to do. Tyler Durden kind of reminds me of, well, not not completely like people I've met in the past, but he has characteristics of people that I may have met when I was like 16 or 17 years old who would spout all this stuff, thinking they're like so smart, whatever, going against society, like rebellious types of people. But... um in truth are just you know supported by their parents and are just talking out of their ass um right and are are able to to say all that stuff because that you know they don't have to pay bills whatever you know Um, yeah and that's again like you said that's taking it to the extreme like obviously you got to think for yourself like you got to question things and you know don't just believe everything you you know everyone's telling you to do something or you hear something like think for yourself so and there's a part of that stuff that actually makes sense if you want to just think about it like okay well let me absorb the information and then figure it out but to go to the extreme where it's just like society's you know worthless or let's start over it'll yeah. blow up the what they try to do blow up the um, credit card companies. Yeah, the wipeout. Because they wanted to remove all debt. Yeah, wipe out all debt. I mean, I guess <laughs> thinking about it, you'd be like, okay, that that's kind of cool. Then I don't have to pay back any of my debts. But then, like, the money can't just disappear like that, as easy as it sounds. Like, there's gonna find, there's gonna be a way. The things are gonna be catastrophic afterwards. Yeah, and we see uh, Bob die i mean bob was who edward norton met at the beginning of the movie and one of the uh the uh group or yeah testicular cancer yeah he was like a bodybuilder and then uh got cancer and then he had all this estrogen because his levels were imbalanced and then he grew the what do you call them bitch tits he said or something like that (laughs) which relates to what tyler was saying men are losing their power or whatever or alluding to that so that that's Mm. the extreme version of what's happening to bob you know he's he's losing his dick literally yeah Um, so i think a lot of critics were were weary of this movie, uh, especially Roger Ebert, saying, I think people are going to take this movie the wrong way, and uh, it's going to... The, the frat culture in our society is going to embrace some of the stuff that Tyler's saying. Um, I the know... Things, instead of just seeing it as a movie, they're going to see it as, like, reality. Right. But, like, but like we were saying, too, like, at the, you know, when you're younger that's kind of the mentality and when you see a movie like that you're like oh okay um i guess so i guess i see what you mean with the when the critics were saying like people are going to take it the wrong way they're going to double down on the bad images of the movie but because ultimately at the end they get they get away with everything yeah pretty much yeah i mean besides poor bob but i mean like besides that everything else was according to plan yeah, and I mean, who knows if it ended up working or not. I love uh, the Pixies song they're playing at the end, uh, Where Is My Mind. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, Honest Trailers. I don't know if you've ever watched those. It's a YouTube channel with a, I have. They mm-hmm. <laughs> in the Fight Club one. They uh, <laughs> they said you probably downloaded this song on LimeWire <laughs> after hearing it and watching it when you were fifteen. <laughs> it's oh, like yeah, it's dude, so Lime true. Wire, bringing it back. <laughs> that that was. I I think a friend came over my house because I I would. I would just put like all my computer files on my iPod and somehow that song ended up on there and I hadn't even seen Fight Club before, but I think my friend did and he just downloaded it one day when he was over and I was like, this is kind of an interesting song. Okay, whatever. Yeah. I'll just just leave it. (laughs) But, you know, that's a, that introduced a, a whole generation to the Pixies, I'm sure. Pretty good band. The uh, the Dust Brothers did the soundtrack to this movie, so they're a pro- uh, music production team. They did the second Beastie Boys album. They produced it, and they're mm-hmm. they were known for their samples. They had really really good ways of uh, taking older music. And uh, you know, turning it into one song. I mean, I don't know if you know the song "Wild Thing." Um, there's a lot of different sam- you know, by Tone Loke. She made me do the wild thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of different samples in that song from like older rock songs, and they do a really good job blending like the the bass line or whatever to a few rock tracks and making it sound like one song so this i think this might have been the first soundtrack they ever did but i mean it's it's uh it's kind of cool it's 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 different than um music scores um at the time i mean i was totally that twist got me it did really because i yeah i was gonna ask you that did did like because uh, for a lot of people who watch it, they they already know the twist because people have spoiled it over the years. Like what we're yeah. doing now. <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I saw it before I heard about it. Yeah. I just heard it was a good movie, and that's all I heard. So I watched it, and I didn't. I didn't really get the spoilers. So for me, I was, I was baited into the whole thing, and then at the end, I was like. Yo, that makes sense. <laughs> so it got me good. <laughs> yeah. Which kind of made the movie more exciting to watch. And I was like, oh, snap. Like, I, I, that made, that's, I did enjoy the movie. I mean, I know there was mixed reviews and stuff and critics, but I did, I did enjoy it a lot. And I think that was one of the reasons, too, is because I just, it got me so good. I was like, man, I fell for it. Yeah. But they did a good job of that. I when I first watched it in college, I think someone, I because I don't remember being shocked by the twist, so I'm pretty sure someone spoiled it for me. Uh, otherwise, yeah. I probably wouldn't have caught it either. Even though all the all the signs are really there when you're like, look when you watch it for a second time, you're like, when you oh, watch it a second time, you yeah. can see it. But I think when you watch it the first time, I you're mean, just kind of following the storyline you're not really paying attention to like the subtle hints right they reveal the subtle hints at the end of the movie which you can see oh that's why you know the 
um, what you want to call it, when when he's like fighting himself at the back of the bar. <laughs> and then he, the guys are just looking at him like, what the heck? Or when he's talking to the Fight Club, explaining the rules, and when he's talking to Mayhem, talking to them, explaining the homework assignments. But in his head, he thought he was on the sideline and Tyler Durden was doing all that. Yeah, and you. So seeing that, I was like, oh man, that's pretty cool. I missed that. You don't see uh, Tyler Durden and Edward Norton interacting with each other when other people are around. It's either one or the other talking to other people, except for the car scene. In the in the scene in the car where they crash, there's two people in the back. That's the yeah. only one, though. So, I mean, it's not... That's true. And then when, I mean, but that what made me kind of not really pay attention to that was because at the beginning of the movie, when... Um, when Marla came over, I think it was the first time, maybe it was the second time, but uh, he's narrating it and he's saying, oh, the, neither of them are ever in the same room at the same time, just like my parents were, I guess, before they got divorced or something like that. So he basically explained the reason why they're not, like, they're not together because they're not really emotionally attached or something like that. I guess they're just, just having sex. So, and then Tyler is telling them, you know, get her out. And so then it was just like, that kind of was just like, oh, they're not really in the same room because they don't want to see each other, I guess. But so by that explanation kind of threw me off. And then what, what was weird when he kept saying, like, don't mention us, like when Tyler was telling Edward Norton, like in, when he was in the basement or something or, or after Marta left, he's like, don't talk to her about me, you know, or else we're done. Which was kind of, that was kind of weird, but I didn't really pay attention to that too much. I mean, after reading about it more online, I uh, I, I realized that it, the movie was a lot more clever than um, than I thought it was for the most part. Yeah, kind of come forward and say I don't. This is the first movie on the top two hundred and fifty that I didn't quite um quite see or i i didn't i i felt was possibly overrated um felt you know being rated the 11th best movie of all time when there's you know other films way up on the list that are like oh man i don't know if this is better than uh one flew over the cuckoo's nest or uh you know, like uh, anything uh, Stanley Kubrick ever did. Um, so, and I, I, so I wish the beginning. I think th- I was trying to figure out. It's like, why am I not connecting to this movie? Like, uh, like I feel like I should be for something that's rated this high. And I think I kind of I wish that the movie started a little more grounded in reality as something I could relate to. Like, um, for example, Peter Gibbons in Office Space, the main character in Office Space. I think that movie did a really good job of, you know, showing 
how shitty it can be being like an office worker or whatever, having the same nine to five job. I mean, right off the bat, he's Peter's in traffic and, you know, it's, it's something we can all relate to, like a morning commute, whatever. Um, but here we kind of, uh, I mean, we we see action right away because we, s- we see the ending of the movie or, or a glimpse of the ending of the movie in the first clip. And then Edward Norton, uh, there's a lot being thrown at us at the beginning. And I just, I, I kind of wasn't able to relate to Edward Norton. I felt like he was more of a character of like the typical office worker um, and that I was like being told that he's this person but didn't didn't see it enough. Um, I mean, clearly that's not what everyone thinks. Um, this is just my opinion on it. But um, I thought... Yeah, no. I thought, um, yeah, I just I felt a little disconnected to the world. I kind of wish it, it built up to uh, the action more um, c- because it's kind of cool the way it's edited and whatnot. We got some... We got some really interesting CGI there. I mean, the plane blowing up is, is, I mean, there's some, kind of looks a little dated at this point, but at the time was pretty groundbreaking um, CGI. And, of course, the apartment blowing up, showing that um, was interesting as well. But, But that's the thing. Like, I don't think they want you to relate to this guy at the same time because it is a crazy person and he's just he's spouting out all this all this stuff at the beginning and i guess i j- i kind of wanted to i i didn't feel like i was in reality off the bat and that's why i wasn't able to connect with it right away um that that's just what i thought but I mean, obviously, I I I don't like the the whole um, society being run by all these corporations, whatever. That that I definitely could lean into, but then it uh, it obviously goes way off the rails. Yeah, and I thought Edward Norton might have been a little. Mi- thought he might have been miscast in this just because I'm used to seeing him as someone who's kind of like a smart aleck or um, someone who's more of a schemer like uh, the way his character was in Rounders Worm. I thought I I didn't think Edward Norton because he doesn't really I mean I guess he's kind of just you know, going through the motions and everything. I thought he was kind of monotone about everything. It was hard to, like I said before, it was just hard to relate to him, but I thought maybe if it was uh, someone who represented the everyday Joe a little more. Um, I definitely see what you mean like that, because, I mean, his job was basically just finding a way to get out of... um making recalls on vehicles 
Right. Wasn't that what his, like, that was his whole thing? Like, cars just caught on fire because of a fuel line leak. And if enough of them don't catch on fire, then they don't need to make a recall. So, I, mean, I think that's what, doesn't that, he was like, he was a uh, consultant on that and yeah. trying to basically get out of, save the car company's money by not creating recalls by crunching the numbers and seeing the statistics and saying, well, if the amount of people died versus the amount of people that sue is less than the cost of that is less than the cost of a recall. There's a good line they have. Life insurance pays off triple if you die on a business trip. I mean, I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure if that's true. It kind of makes sense. It kind of makes sense, but I don't know. But, yeah, he's just kind of he's, – he's all over the place with uh, what he's telling us. Um, so, yeah, that I guess that kind of made me feel – disconnected to everything um i can see your point of view on that oh yeah that that's fight club yeah check it out see uh you know always interesting to see where people stand with it people's interpretations um definitely it was enjoyable regardless of you know how the mess how you view the message it's still an enjoyable movie i think just to Visually, even just to watch it, and the twist is, is what got me. That's what really, I think that's what really makes the movie better. If you don't, if you already knew the twist before, then you see it from a different view. But the twist was like, oh man, yeah, Actually, like an M Night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> thank you so much for for watching this again uh checking Definitely. it out my and, pleasure i appreciate i appreciate you inviting me on here this is uh this was exciting and uh something i never you know did before so um i'm, I'm looking forward to hearing the top 250 